Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us. Thank you guys for uh, making it this, what do we call this, daylight savings time. We're saving some time, some daylight. Thank God. I don't know what I would do without it. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so I'm so glad that you made it here. It's, uh, it's awesome that you're here in the house of the Lord, and I'm excited about this word that God has given me to share with you guys. Uh, but before I do, um, for those of you that were not here last week, uh, we talked about why give, and I think it, it will be a life-changing message if you have not heard it for you, and it'll be the benefit of you to hear it, and we also have these journals that Pastor Joey and Pastor Bethany put together uh, called Tithe, Trusting God and Giving, and so if you're interested in that, there's a few left in the lobby, and if you, they run out before you get one, you can let us know, and we'll get one to you. Uh, it's a seven-day journal with scriptures and notes, note-taking and and please document what happens. If you start to give, uh, see what God will do and take note of it. And let us know because we are interested in testimonies, lots of testimonies. All right, I want to get into the message today. Today I'm going to talk about a message called The Lies We Believe. Has anybody ever believed a lie but you really thought it was the truth? So I shared with you before, I think one of the biggest ones in my life, that I really believed that I shook the hand of a famous football coach, Joe Paterno, in State College. You see, when I was born, my parents, my dad was going to Penn State University, and we lived down the street from Joe Paterno, and I was a baby, and my mom, the story goes that I was in a stroller walking down the street, and Joe Paterno was walking, and he came up to me and said, hey, little baby, and he shook my hand. At least that's what I thought in my head. For many years, I mean, I built, like, my identity was partially built on the fact that I shook hands with Joe Paterno. I'm a huge Penn State fan, and, you know, it was like, it's a proud moment anytime that people would bring up, Joe, oh, yeah, I shook his hand before. I would tell people all my life how I shook his hand. And finally, one time, you know, a few years ago, uh, I was telling this story to somebody, and my mom was there. And my mom says, that's not true. And I was like, what, what, what a second, you told me that. I shook, I never said that. And I was like, and not only was truth destroyed in my life, I didn't know what truth was anymore. And I was like, did he even exist? Who am I? Right? Like, my hand is not, I never washed my hand since that day. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, you know, it, it, I really believed this lie for so long. Um, a few months ago, we were together as a family, and one of my, my oldest daughter, uh, Carly, she, she used to, we're just talking about some things, and she said, you know, um, one day I'd like to go out to Yosemite and see this, these, this awesome park. It's in the West Coast and stuff. I was like, oh, cool. I never heard of Yosemite, you know? And <laughs> I was like, Yosemite? That's cool. 
uh, where's that at? And she's like, yeah, it's over somewhere on the West Coast. I was like, you know, Naomi was there. I was like, Naomi, you ever hear of Yosemite? No. Well, not Yosemite. Yeah, she's like, they've got these amazing geysers and stuff, like Old Faithful and stuff. And like, like, do you mean Yosemite? She's like, no, Yosemite. I'm like, it's, it's Yosemite. You know, and for all of her life, you know, she's never, you know, great. I'll, I'll give her a little benefit of the doubt here. She's never seen Yosemite Sam, right? You can't have cartoons with guns anymore, so she's never seen it. And so, uh, you know, it's always been Yosemite. She's always read it. She's never heard anybody say it. So when she reads it, she reads it as Yosemite. And for all of her life, she believed, you know, she's only 21, so it's not that long of her life, but, you know, that it was Yosemite Park, not Yosemite Park, right? So, you know, she was a little duped, a little tricked by her own mind on how to pronounce that. Of course, we all pronounce things wrong at times, especially me. But um, the fact of the matter is that we all have a tendency to believe things that aren't right. Now, this is fun in these kind of matters, and it's embarrassing. It's, you know, it's kind of like uh, Google, right? When Google first came out, it's great. You know, we can look everything up. But in a family of exaggerators, Google's kind of difficult at times. You know, because you could say somebody, oh, yeah, the percentage of that is like 99% true. And they're like, my kids would be like, actually, Dad, it's only 33. Google, right? And so it like exposes the truth. Google does at times. We think we know something about something, and somebody will fact check us, you know, verify. Uh, yeah, that's not right. Um, has anybody had that happen? <laughs> Nobody? I'm the only one. Uh, that's, you know, believe things that weren't true, I guess. But um, maybe I'm just preaching to myself. But um, the fact of the matter is, right, we've all believed in something that wasn't right. And these are okay with, with menial things or, or less important things. But when they become things about things of God or things that are important, they really affect us in how we live and even our, our future and our eternity, Right? There's some really important things that really matter. And if we are believing lies, lies have a tendency to destroy us. And the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. He tells lies. He's good at tricking us. He's good at trying to get us to believe things that aren't true. Because he knows if he can get us to believe this lie, no matter how big or how small it is, if it's something uh, uh, that will get into us and will lead us down a path that will take us to destruction and hurt us. If you build things upon lies, eventually those lies will come crashing down. And so he tries to get us to believe things like, uh, you know, I can never uh, get my life right. It'll never happen. I just can't do it. You know, whether it's my finances or eating right or I, I, I I just can't seem to give. I can't seem to get things right with my marriage. Or maybe it's I'm struggling with sin. I'll never be able to overcome this, this habit. And you start believing this lie. Or maybe it's even just theological uh, things that you believe that just aren't true. And the enemy has you believing things that are tainted, that are, that are half-truths, that, uh, that we end up creating a new reality for ourselves. And sometimes even ourselves... We actually want to believe things that aren't true because maybe it benefits us better. Anybody done that before? <laughs> I'm the only one, again. Um, okay, thank you. You know, this becomes very dangerous 
when we start believing lies over the truth. When we start putting our trust in things that are false. We start believing things about God that aren't even right. Things about ourselves that are lies or things about other people that are half-truths. And we make decisions based on things that are all convoluted with truth and lies and cause us to make worse decisions and go down a path that is hurtful and painful. This week, uh, Pastor Bethany and I were talking and we talk as the group of pastors a lot about just different situations and people and we were talking about one of the saddest things as a pastor to see is when people have so much potential in the Lord and gifts and callings on their life and yet believe more about the lie of themselves than they do about that purpose and calling on their life. You see, there's people in this place that God has such great plans and purpose for your life, but instead of living those out, people will instead believe the lies about themselves, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not good enough, or that I'm a failure, or all these things. And yet God sees a bigger picture, and he sees uh, greatness in each, you know, we just sing the song, right? I, I'm a child of God, right? We're, child, we're children of the living God, and that's the truth. And God loves us no matter what. He doesn't love the lies, though. He doesn't love the sin that we get entangled in at times. And so he comes along and says, I love you, period. And I want a relationship with you and I have great things for you. And if we will believe that and trust in him, he will take us and, and bring us to great places and, and get rid of the lies and the, the sin that entangles us. And so I want to just say to you today, don't let lies get louder than the truth. In the scriptures, in Romans 1.25, the writer of Romans is, is going after it. And he's just talking about how the people have, have started to believe this lie. And, and, and you know, they, they have no excuse that they once knew the creator. They, they should know God because God has proven himself to them. And instead, they've exchanged, it says it in verse 25, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And worshipped and served created things rather than the creator himself. The creator who is forever to be praised. They exchanged the truth for a lie. They started to believe in things that weren't right. They started to worship other things that weren't God. They started to put other things in their life that were more important than God. And so God handed them over to themselves and allowed them to, because of free will, to do their own thing. And they exchanged this truth for a lie. You know, it's so interesting to me that we never, none of us ever say, oh, yes, I love lies. I believe in lies. Yeah, I just gave you examples of my innocent daughter believing in how to say something that wasn't right. All of us have a tendency to believe things that aren't true. We have a tendency to diminish God in our own lives or the truth of God in our own lives over time. And over time... It, it wanes, it, 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 uh, it works on us, it, 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 uh, it, it deteriorates things in our life and his power and his, and his authority and his life-giving spirit is diminished in our lives because we start to believe more about the lies than the truth. 
And the Bible says that they became foolish, if you keep reading. They became foolish, thinking that they weren't. And in John 3, 19, it says it, if you turn with me there in your, in your Bibles, in John 3, 3, 19, it, uh, the, John says it like this, and he goes a little deeper. He said, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is a profound scripture. John says that people have loved the light, the darkness, more than the light because their deeds were evil. Now, a lot of theologians would, you know, some people will, will ask this question Who made evil? Did God make evil? If God made all things, did he make evil? But one theologian, Augustine, says evil is the absence of God. Evil is when we choose less better things than God's truth. And so God did not create evil, but he created a choice. And he gave us free will. And he gives us the right way to do things. But when we choose to do less better things than what God planned, then that is evil. And the Bible says that the, the people of God, the, 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 the people period that God loves so much, have chosen a lie in, in, in the darkness instead of the truth because they loved what? Their evil deeds. They loved the things they were doing wrong. They didn't want it to be exposed. They hid from the truth, right? You remember Adam and Eve. What did they do after they did wrong? They hid. How many of you have like ignored God because you knew that you don't want to hear what he's about to tell you? Look, God loves us. But as a father, he will correct us when we have evil things because he knows he wants the best for us. You know, one of the hardest things to do as a parent is to correct your kids, right? But if you don't correct your kids, you're negligent. If you don't correct your kids, you're letting them do a, a, a worse thing than they could be or do. And you're like, oh, I guess I don't care about them. Who cares if they fail all their classes? I don't really care if they run in the road or they, you know, of course we care. And so we say you're not doing that and we correct them because we want them to have the better thing. And when we choose, not God, we choose to walk in the darkness and we choose lies or live in lies or expose to lies, God comes by his spirit and he exposes them. And he says, look, you can't keep living this way. You can't keep believing this way. Because there's something better for you. I have a better purpose. I have a better plan. I have a better way. And so he comes and he corrects us. He says, you're living a lie. Stop walking around in darkness. Allow God to expose. And so we trade the truth for a lie. The Bible says we exchange the truth for God for a lie. We live in darkness and we hide in darkness. The people, they don't want the light. They've exchanged the light for darkness. And really I see that there's really two types of people, right? There's those that hide from the light. And then there's those that allow the light 
to expose themselves. <laughs> it's like just going before a bright light before God and just saying, God, show me what, what you got to tell me. <laughs> but there's probably a third too, a third person that's like knows that, that they're not in the light, that they're running from the light. And so they kind of try to ignore the light. Oh, yeah, I know. I'll get to it. Oh, no, no, no. Ah, Okay. Let me try it. Where can I hide from this for a little bit longer? Because I love this evil. <laughs> and I'm going right, to really say that, but that's what we're really doing. Does everybody hate me? You need to walk in the light. <laughs> Truth is better. Truth benefits us. Truth always has our best interest in mind. Truth will never fail. Truth frees us. You know, when we came to Christ, it was because we were so tired of walking in our darkness. It was because sin had gotten the best of us. And we came to God in repentance and saying, God, I'm sorry that I lived this way. I'm sorry I did these things. Will you fix me? God comes and he forgives us and he washes us clean. Aren't you so grateful? But somewhere along the way, sometimes as Christians we're like, eh. <laughs> eh. maybe we're duped by the world, the culture around us. Maybe we're duped by our own thinking. Maybe something, you know, it's just difficult, it's hard. Life gets hard. We turn to other things. And, start, and then before long, we're living in lies. We're living in darkness. Well, God wants to expose the darkness in us tonight, today. He wants to expose the things that aren't right. What are the things in your heart and in your life and your thinking that you know that, you know, I've been running from God in these things, or I've been ignoring the truth in some of these matters, or I'm just doing what I want to do, period. Would you allow the light of God to shine on you? You know, most of us have evaluations in our work jobs, right? How many of you guys have had evaluations this uh, March now? You've already had your yearly evaluation from your boss this year, right? A lot of you guys, right? For those of you that have not had evaluations, a lot of times you'll go and you'll you submit to some boss, right? And they'll come and they'll tell you things that you're doing good, sometimes if you're doing good, <laughs> and things that you need to work on. Right, and they tell you these things. And they, they expose some things that aren't right. Sometimes you didn't even realize it until they tell you. Uh, <laughs> you can say, oh, that boss doesn't know what he's talking about. But if you're wise, the Bible says that when a, a wise man's corrected, he'll add to his learning. He'll, he'll become wiser still. And, uh, and so that would help us all, right, to be, when we're evaluated, to grow from it. You know, uh, we do a lot of things. We call it three-by-threes. Uh, pastor Mike Webster, when he was the pastor, he brought this to our church. Uh, there's things we all will evaluate as we do, like the fall festival, like different events. We'll evaluate them as a staff and even other teams sometimes. Hey, what's three things that were really good about the fall festival? What's three things we can work on? You know, we'll do that over even sometimes these services. Hey, what's three things that was really good and three things that we need to work on? Well, we need to work on Dan Whalen. You know, I don't know what he was doing up there, but... Uh, <laughs> Just kidding, Dan. Um, you know, we, we do, in fact, you know, we do evaluations. I have a small preaching team 
that we get together and we evaluate each other's sermons. It'd be easy for me to say, I don't want anybody evaluating my sermon. But if I want truth, and if I want to grow and not live my own life, I could just say, oh, I'm this awesome preacher. Nobody could tell me how to preach. And that would be definitely believing a lie. Everybody says amen to that, right? Uh, And then you said, and then you're like, uh, you know, I could easily do that and just say, no, I don't need anybody telling me how to live or how to preach. But if we really want to grow, if we really want to see what's really in us and who we really are, we need others and the truth of God to expose what's in us. And so we do this every week. We get, I have a team that does this. Have you ever asked somebody? Just go up to uh, one of your friends or a family member. Family members are good at doing this anyway, but, you know, you just ask them. You don't even have to ask family members a lot of times, but <laughs> they'll give you the truth without you wanting to know it, right? <laughs> um, if you go up to somebody and just said, hey, you know, what would you tell me, if you could tell me anything about myself, what are some things that you really like about me? What are some things that you think I should work on? In my, just in my character, just in my overall life. Have you ever done that before? Don't you think it'd be a good idea to do that? Or do you have it all together? You got it all together? <laughs> Why don't you get with somebody? Why don't you get with a mentor or a leader or a crew leader or a friend or a family member and say, hey, you know what, I need to grow as a person. I've been, I, you know, you may, be, you may be thinking in your own mind that you're all good, but I want to guarantee you that that's not the truth. <laughs> that none of us, all of us need help. All of us need uh, each other. You know, my, si- my sister's here today. We're really good at telling the truth to each other. <laughs> we have been since we were, you know, little kids. We'll, we'll just tell it straight up, right? You're wrong. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> right? We're good at siblings doing that, but shouldn't we just be, as the body in, in, of Christ, shouldn't we have relationships with each other to say, hey, uh, I love you so much to tell you (laughs) that you're wrong. (laughs) Or that this in your life, according to the scriptures, what you're doing right now is not what God's best for your life. You may think that it is, but this, you need to... You know, I want to, as I close here, share the greatest uh, lie that we tell ourselves. Can I do that? I want to tell you the greatest lie that everyone tells themselves, or most people tell themselves. Here it is. Ready? I am good. I'm good. This is the biggest lie. The fact of the matter is, whether you're saying, I'm good as in, I don't need anybody else's help. I'm good. I don't need your help. I'm good. I'm, I can handle it my own. That's a lie. Or whether you're saying, I'm actually really good. I'm a good person. I, compared to that person, you know, I watched a Netflix documentary on this mass murderer. I'm really good. Well, congratulations. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, <laughs> you're still not that good. The Bible says it like this in Romans 3.10. In fact, the Bible says this in three different places. There is no one that is good. Not one. This is not my words, by the way. And I know this to be true because I look in the mirror. Because I know the truth. 
that all of us without Christ are full of it. And it is not all good. It's full of self. It's full of sin. It's full of uh, confusion. It's full of lies at times. It's full of uh, culture. It's full of, and it's not all good, is it? Really? The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Free from this filth, free from the lies, free from sin, free from bondage, free from heaviness, free from worry, free from strife, free from fear, free from financial bondage, free from, I can go on and on. God wants a better way for us. When we live in the truth and we allow God to expose lies in our life, it is for our benefit. My question is, will you allow this to happen in your life? Will you get into a crew? Will you get with somebody and say, I need to grow. I need to do things God's ways instead of my, my ways. You know, I just want to share one more thing. I said it at the beginning of this, the sin the lies, the darkness. God freed us from this when we came to Christ. The scriptures say, say, don't go back and get easily ensnared again. Don't get caught up in it again. But yet we do. And then we get in this attitude of, I'm okay, I'm good. And we justify the very filth that he rescued us from. You know, I'm not that bad, or God forgives me, God still loves me, as it's a justification for the sin in our lives. Yeah, God loves you. That's not going to change. But he doesn't love the sin that you're carrying around, the very thing that he died on the cross for. He doesn't love that it's tearing your life down. He doesn't love that it's the less good. He doesn't love that it's destroying you. He doesn't love that it's making you heavy. He doesn't love that it's, you're not able to fulfill the purposes and callings on your life. Oh, he still loves you. But it's not an excuse to keep sinning. Everybody really hate me now, right? I'm sorry, I keep going here, but here's the deal. What our hearts ought to be, what our attitude should be toward God, and I'm speaking to myself as much as to anybody else in this place, is that we should be humble and contrite before the Lord. And we should come to him and say, God, I need you as much today as I needed you when I first got saved. You rescued me, but I need you to keep rescuing me. I need you to rescue me again today and probably again tomorrow. Would you set me free from the lies that maybe I don't even know about? Would you search my heart? You know, David, in the scriptures, he was contrite before the Lord. He's broken. And he said, God, search my heart and look and see if there's anything in me that's not right. Is there lies that I've been believing? Is there, is there things that I'm doing that are leading me down the wrong path and, and setting me up for a great failure in the future? You know, 
Bible talks about the people that build their houses on rock or sand. If you build your life on the sand of lies and darkness and you build this huge castle, it's a sand castle and that when the waves come in or the wind blows, it'll come all down. But if you build your life on the truth of God and his word, you'll build on a solid foundation that when the winds come and the trials of life come and time goes on, you will stand firm and strong and people will see you and they'll say, wow, look at that person. How come they're not? There's a storm going on and they're still standing because you built your life on truth, not on lies. Now, I know that a lot of times we're so duped we're so tricked. That Joe Paterno, man. I can't believe I missed that. Like, that's so meaningless, right? But when it comes to like, man, I can't believe I missed God in the purpose of my life. But when we stand before God one day, because this life is so short, and we say, man, I can't believe it. I, I believe that. How was I so tricked on earth? I'm asking us to really allow God to search our hearts, to open up the doors of our heart and all the windows. And if you have skylights, those too, and to say, God, oh, search me, shine on me, show me things that I need to change, show me. You know what? He will expose them. And not only just expose them, he'll help. It's a great place to be in God's will, in God's purposes, in God's love, and in God's truth. Lord God, we come to you. Broken, broken people, broken vessels that you choose to love you choose to use. And today we come before you and ask God that you would open our hearts. God, and that you would search us. And God, that you would expose to us the things that aren't right. God, even in the deepest crevices of our heart, the hidden corners deep in some closets, in the doorways through our hearts, God, we pray that you, we open them to you. Even things from our past that, that have we believed a lie and we built on that and built on it and built on it, but it's all corrupted. God, we pray that you would expose it, that you would heal it, that you would fix it. God, we allow you to do surgery on us. We allow you to have your way in us. We know that your love and your truth and your ways are better. And that's what we want. We ask for your help. Jesus name. If there's anybody in this place that, you know, you're here today or maybe you're watching online, you say, you know what, I've never even given my life to Jesus. I've never asked him to be my savior. I've never invited, invited him, him in in the first place. I want to let you know that this is the best decision you could ever make is to allow God to come and forgive you of the things that you've done wrong, the things that have separated you from him. He, he died on the cross for these very things that I'm talking about today. He died on the cross to forgive us for the things that we've done wrong. He died on the cross to expose 
the sin we can so easily get entangled in. He's died on the cross to forgive us from all those things so that we can have a relationship with him. If that's you here today and you say, you know, that's me, I need to ask God to forgive me. I need to get my life right with him. I need to start a relationship with him. If that's you here in this place, would you just, with everybody's eyes closed, would you close your eyes and bow your heads? If everybody's eyes closed and their heads bowed, if that's you here today, would you just lift your hand high enough so I can see it? And say, you know what? I need to get my life right with Jesus. I need to allow him to have his way in me. And if you're here today, I see your hands. Anybody else? If you're here today and you say, you know what, Rich? I need God to clean me again. Maybe you're here, you've been a Christian a long time or a little time, but you just say, you know what? I'm full of, <laughs> full of it, full of stuff. I need to ask God to clean me again. Or maybe you're here today and you think, hey, I'm good. Would you please ask the Lord? God, what do you see? He's going to tell you some really good things. He's going to tell you that you're loved. He's going to tell you that he's a plan, he's a destiny, he's giving you gifts. But a loving father will also tell you, this thing is crippling you. This is a lie. Here's the truth. And he will cut to divide that lie and the truth. If you'll let him. Come on, let's invite Jesus one more time. If you're asking him into your life for the first time, would you just say this prayer with me? And everybody say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, we need you. Forgive us for the things we've done wrong. For the things that we've allowed to come into our lives. I thank you that you died on the cross so that I could be forgiven. Wash us clean right now in Jesus' name. Help us to have a relationship with you that will go stronger and stronger for all eternity. Amen. Amen. Well, if you did that today, God says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing if one person said that prayer today. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Come on, that's awesome. And as you allow God to search your heart, to speak truth, as you allow others to speak truth, it's not always fun. We know this, right? But in the long run, it is. In the long run, it brings life. It brings destiny. It brings purpose. God, I just pray that you would help us to be strong. God, that we would allow you to move in us. Strong enough to pray. Strong enough to allow you to change us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, Bernie. Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's our hope that you will make today that day to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100, and somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making the decision to follow Jesus from the first time today, text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, and we would love to celebrate with you.
Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.